Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jason Long. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hey, Mads. It's good to see you again. Thank you so much. Likewise. Likewise. It's been nearly a week. week. (laughs) Almost. Yeah. Excellent. Jason, uh, one of the key things that happens in the start of every one of my podcasts is that I ask the guests I have to introduce themselves a little bit because the whole world is not yet aware of who they are. All right. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, My name is Jason Long. I'm the CEO of Tangent Solutions. Tangent Solutions owns a portfolio of software as a service, agency, productized services, and outsourcing companies. We've been doing this, I've personally been doing this and the business has been around for about 20 years now. Uh, I'm the founder and CEO of the business. Uh, We own businesses in uh, industries such as uh, consulting, uh, outsourcing, obviously, uh, healthcare. Uh, it's been a whole bunch, bunch, bunch of different things, development tools, etc. cetera. Uh, we're constantly building new tools and new businesses and building new teams around those tools. Uh, the things that I'm most involved in day to day are the new businesses that are being built and the oversight of those things, putting in place teams, recruitment, uh, products, product owners, etc., and then JH Media Group. And JH Media Group is my SaaS consulting company. Uh, we do uh, for mid generally for mid market companies. We do consulting, build, planning, uh, marketing, sales, training, recruitment, etc. And uh, and I'm I'm pretty involved in that in that business. I would say about. A little less than half of my time is put towards that. Uh, I also just recently started a Facebook page as well for SaaS entrepreneurs. I was happy about that one. Been thinking about it for years now. Um, day to day, I manage, I don't know, between six and 10 people. Um, usually the executives within my businesses, I don't really manage them, they manage themselves, but I, I give them guidance. And then within the JH Media Group team and the build, the build teams, I'm a product owner and or manager in those teams. So that's, uh, that's my day-to-day. Uh, anything I missed in there? Anything else you want to know? Sounds I'm a like Leo. Um, <laughs> I like long walks. <laughs> I like, I like say I'm a Leo. I like long walks, uh, world travel. I think you and I actually met in Bangkok for the first time. Um, and... I spend about half my year traveling around the world when we're not in the middle of a pandemic. Yep. It makes it a, a little bit more difficult. Yeah. A lot more difficult. Well, Although you're, you're on the beach, aren't you? No, I, I oh. wish I am. I'm sitting oh. on the 43rd floor in Saigon in Vietnam. So. Oh, I thought you were on the beach in Saigon. No, nope. um, nope. no beach in sight, unfortunately. Oh, unfortunate. Okay. Right, Jason. Yeah. Yep. You've, you've got a lot of amazing experience. And um, yeah, I, I remember when we met the first time, I, I think it was actually after a session I had done or something. Uh, I'd probably been talking about some kind of management stuff. And, yep. Yeah. I think you were talking about uh, uh, disc, disc tests. Right, disc. Yeah, yep. that, sounds, that sounds like me. 
Right. Um, Jason, one of the one of the cool things I want to throw in the in the face of all of my guests is always this question of how do you look at management or you know what is management to you and how do you kind of look at this whole thing. So what's kind of your philosophy or your view on management, if you will? Okay, let's see. I think management from the top level is all about having the right people. And my feeling that is that a CEO really only does two things. They teach their people, help grow their people, and they push their business forward insofar as creating new projects or new initiatives or closing old initiatives that aren't working, uh, that kind of thing. And so I, I really do take that to heart. And I work really, really hard to help grow people. And there's a few ways that I do this. One of the first things I do is when we have a new person come on within my organization, you know, it's somebody that I'm managing because there, there's multiple levels yeah. now and there's people I don't know within my company. Um, and the company is set up in such a way that, you know, we own this business, but that business has a CEO and then they have multiple levels. So I, I don't, I don't know the people or work with the people that work with that CEO or with their teams. But when it's a person that works directly with me, uh, first off, we always start by having contractors first. We never hire people full-time right out the, the gate because I want to know how we're going to work together. And so, um, so we always start with that. But even in the first conversation with those contractors, I talk about goals alignment because I have a, a strong philosophy of goals alignment. I believe that this company, that the people will work very, very hard if their personal goals are aligned with the business's goals. And so that first conversation, the first time that they come to work is all about what are your personal goals in life? Not, not necessarily in business. Business may be a part of that, but in, in life. And I want to know what you want to accomplish. And then I make it my personal goal and, and the business's goal to help you accomplish those goals. Because I know that if you're going to accomplish your life's personal goals by working at this business, you are going to work so hard for this business because it, it is directly accomplishing your goals. So uh, we actually sit down, we talk about what are those goals? How can you accomplish it? And, and they're all over the place. We have a fairly, I would say, loose, you know, kind of a startup mentality with this business. It, it's very loose. We don't have a, um, uh, was it time off? You know, there, there's no policy about time off. There's no policy about really anything. If you want time off, you just take it. I don't really care. As long as your meetings are getting done, your projects are getting done, you're profitable, you're making, your, the, you're, you're doing the things you said you're going to do. Um, there's a lot of things having to do with that within the business goal, uh, goals alignment. We do, there's a lot to be said about that. We have a whole process for that. Uh, and then also I'm really big on everybody works for themselves. And what I mean by that is I, we never accept anybody here saying I work for Jason or I work for the man. Those are completely, there's non-negotiable. They are not acceptable because everybody here is a badass. And everybody here works here because they want to be here there. And there's no in between on that. We are lucky to have every single person we have. And if anybody ever feels like that's not the case, then we have a conversation about that and we address it immediately. So every, everybody works for themselves, whether you're working for somebody else or not, you work for yourself. And 
the, my feeling behind that is that when you work for somebody else, you're trading off flexibility for security. And if you work, for, you know, if you're working for yourself, you're trading off uh, security for flexibility. And that's, uh, and you know, coming into this business, we have this conversation with everybody that that is that trade-off. You're making that decision. You're not working for me. You're not working for this business. You're a teammate here. We're very clear about everyone here is a teammate. We work together. We don't have low-level people here. Everybody here is really, you know, knows what they're doing. Even people that are quote-unquote low-level or you know doing more menial tasks or more tasks that I would not necessarily want to do doesn't mean that they don't want to do those things just because somebody else here thinks that it's a menial task doesn't mean that that person who's doing it doesn't want to be doing it because we have different kinds of people that want to accomplish different kinds of things so uh, everybody here is working for themselves so those are two fundamental aspects of my philosophy of uh, of management that I think have a huge impact on the growth and success of the business. One other thing I say, by the way, about all of this when I have that initial meeting is that we talk about the respect we give to everyone here. And part of that is uh, everybody makes mistakes and no one here has made more mistakes than me. And it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to screw things up, but what's not okay is to jump on somebody else's for, jump on somebody else for their mistakes. As long as you know, as long as that's not somebody who's making mistakes all the time or like really screwing stuff up, but that's a different story. But if somebody makes one mistake, it's not okay to just jump down their throat on that stuff. Uh, and we'll we'll jump on you if you if you do that. Like that's not okay. So we we uh, we have a very um, uh, respectful and tight knit group. And you know what, now that I'm on a roll, I might as well keep on going. So I knew a long time, this company used to be, like I used to be directly over like 30 people in JH Media Group. And I knew I didn't want to do that anymore. We had a lot of stress and a lot of problems. We had a, I had a business partner that he and I clashed in a lot of places. He, by the way, great guy, fantastic guy. Uh, now is one of the CEOs and one of the other businesses that I'm a, I'm a part owner. It's he and I and, and some investors. And he's like, this was years and years ago. He is super smart, amazing guy, great CEO, but we were young. We were in our early 20s and we fought all the time. That was my little monologue on, on leadership philosophy, though. I hope this was, uh, this was helpful. Excellent. Yeah, it sounds super exciting. I mean, I, I think, uh, I mean, the, the way you described how you actually manage people was, was super interesting. I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about it like that. And the way you were sort of saying that everyone works for themselves and so on, that was super interesting fairly unique concept. So I really liked the, the sound of that. And how, how does people take it? Like how, how does people- I think, I think they take it well. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say is that we also, I knew 10 years ago that uh, when the company became bigger and more fragmented, that uh, fragmented in that there were multiple layers of, um, of management. And because Jeremy and I were, were arguing about things, um, that I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to have a tight knit team where I knew everybody, the, the people that I worked with directly. So like I said, I have businesses where I don't know the people there and, and but I know the executive in that business or the executives in those businesses, but the team that I manage directly, I want to, I want to be able to party with those people. I want to be able to be friends with them. I see them every day. There's still that, th there is still at the end of the day, that hierarchical 
concept because I am still CEO of the business and I do still, and I'm still responsible for that the company is doing well. And if somebody's slacking off, then it's hurting everybody else or firing, you know, if we have to do layoffs for whatever reason, I have to make those final decisions. But I want to have a cool business where it's fun to hang out with everybody. And we, we have, we've, I feel like we've been fairly successful in taking the team across the world. We, last time when I, last time I saw you, I had a whole bunch of my team members there. We were all in Bangkok together and we all went to Phuket and partied. And then we all went down to Medellin and partied uh, in, in Colombia. And we do this pretty much all the time. And I feel like we've done a good job building a team like that. And it's part of that leadership philosophy I was talking about. Yep. So, and those things, that's one of the reasons we have that is it ties all those things together. Perfect. So what was the question you asked me? I, I think uh, if your inbox is open for job applications, I think you just got a whole bunch, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it no. takes a special person to be on this team. So, but yep. I'm always looking for new people. So please, if somebody is interested in a dev project management position, they have about 10 years of experience, call me. Excellent. That sounds great. <laughs> I like that. Right. So um, fundamentally, like the, the, the way you're managing things, right? Is, I mean, I, I assume from when you said you were young and naive and all that sort of stuff, uh, that's probably not the way you did it initially. What, what sort of, the, <laughs> what sort of the, the number one lesson that you've learned from when you first started in business till today? That's the thing is that man, I think that the, the, this, is, this is a lesson that, a lesson this piece is a lesson that you teach is that it's not just one thing it's so many things it's it's how you interact with people day to day it's every every time you have a conversation it's the way you organize things it's the way that you you deal with people it's it's not getting upset about things that might have made me upset before it's understanding that that the way i do things isn't always the right way or isn't always the best way, or just because I think it is the best way doesn't mean that it's not, it has to be that way. Uh, it's, oh man, it's like so many things. It's, it's learning how, you know, I think maybe the, the biggest impact, the biggest thing that I have screwed up is not firing people fast enough. I think that if I could, if I could take all my frustration and all my problems I mean, I clearly like you have to have all the other things, you know, but, yep. but the thing that I personally, if I could go back and be like, oh, you want to, you want to save yourself some lost hair and tears and tons of lost money, fire this person, this person, this person, this person immediately, or yep. never hired them in the first place. I think that it'd be hard to know that, but it, it's not even, it's not even don't hire them in the first place. It was manage them better, fire them when it's time which yeah. in some cases was years earlier than I did. And it cost me probably millions of dollars, yeah. at least a million dollars uh, altogether, easily, easily a million. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th I think, I mean, w when I work with business owners, right, I think my number one thing is always say that the most important skill you can invest in is learning to hire better because yeah. I, it's not necessarily that everyone struggled to fire but the thing is, if you improve your game of recruitment, if you just improve your game with 20%, like over, if you're an entrepreneur and a business owner, right? Over the lifetime of your businesses and so on, that is probably the best and the biggest return you'll ever get. 
right? I, I can, I can definitely see that. Like I'm thinking through those, those hiring decisions that, that really took me for a ride. And some of them, it was process problems on my part, especially earlier on in sales that I didn't know how to manage a sales team because I have a real, I have a much different personality than most sales people do. So I didn't know how to manage salespeople and that caused me a lot of problems. But other than that, I think about like if I had done, there were a few times when we, we had really fast growth and I needed a project manager right away. And I just needed somebody to fill the shoes and I hired quickly because I felt like I needed to. Yeah. And if I had taken, if I had taken an extra week, just one week to interview three or four more people, I wouldn't have hired the person I hired or the people I hired. And that would have saved me so much stress, so much stress, like unbelievable amount of stress. I ended up at one top point, I ended up hiring somebody that was really toxic and she interviewed really, really well. And you know, like it, it went well to begin with, but the amount of stress she caused me was unbelievable. Like, like to the point where I was getting depressed and my team was falling apart morale. She was poisoning other people on the team. And I ended up having to fire a group of people because of her when, when that finally all settled. And if I had taken one week to hire a few, to interview a few more people, I probably wouldn't have hired her. So yeah, I can, I think that you're right. The, The hiring game is probably where it's at. And, and what I would also say, so exactly what you just alluded to is also a big point, right? So many people, and it's not just because they're in a rush, sometimes it is, but it's also because often they put out like a job and they're like, oh, I need to hire one of these people. Yep. They look at the resumes, they get the candidates in, and the one thing they always do, is they say, I need to hire the best candidate. And my yep. philosophy is very, very clear don't ever hire the best candidate if they're not good enough, right? So one of the key things is just because a certain amount of people applied for a job doesn't automatically make one of them good enough to get it, right? And one of the most critical things as a business owner to learn is knowing when the person is good enough and when when you're basically just trying to help yourself out of a tough situation manpower wise. Right, because if you can learn to make those choices a tiny bit better, you will save yourself so many headaches. And by the way, this happened in major large corporations, it happens in small, tiny businesses, it happens everywhere. I see it consistently everywhere, right? But learning to take that extra time, learning to actually look at am I very, very, very confident that this person? will be an absolute success in this role, right? Yeah, I think that's a great piece of advice. If you're not, don't hire them, right? And back to your point, like most people, they're often sitting around, they're desperate, there's new stuff coming in, there's like, oh, you know, we have to find a way to do this, and and they do it out of desperation. And yeah, hiring out of desperation, I mean, sometimes you're, you're desperate and you see the right person, amazing. But if it's not the right person, know yeah. it. And yeah, that, that's, I, I would say that, that now that I'm thinking about it, so many of the poor hiring decisions I've made have been in times 
where it was in a time of growth and we needed somebody to fill the spot and we picked the first best one that we could, which sometimes was just the only one that we could. And, and you know what? It was sometimes it crushed that growth. And sometimes like we, like, it's really sad because I feel like we could have done so good in some of those situations and we just didn't. We just, yeah, it's really, it's really frustrating, but that's also kind of part of the, the learning, the learning curve from the learn from that was that uh, we only hire contractors to start. If you can't work with us on some small projects first and get, so we can get to see how you do on these projects and, how you take them on and how you work with different team members and all of that, then we're probably not going to hire you right out either. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, I think it cuts our possibilities sometimes because they're really good people that need a full-time job. But at this point, we, we've done really well with this strategy. And every time over the last four or five years now, that we've just made a, a straight hire, I've regretted it. And yep. um, every time that we've hired a contractor to start, the, uh, the contractors that are great continue on and we keep using them and that's, that's fantastic. And the ones that are not great stop getting hours from the team, they stop getting requests for work and they disappear. And you can tell the people that are great really fast because they're all of a sudden they're full time. Yeah, like they're, you're giving them 50 hours of work per week and they're telling you to stop. Uh, and, and they're doing a fantastic job and the team is asking if we can bring them on for more. And the ones that, that are just okay, they just, you know, they just kind of disappear one day. Yeah, that makes a, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, uh, traditionally, I, I generally advocate the, different, the other option, right? But, but I'm, I'm still, like when you hire people, generally try and have very, very clear goals yep. for them, right? So when they, when they get hired, they need to have some very, very clear goals of what they need to achieve to be a success, right? So we, like in most of my companies, we always work with these trial periods and so on. And, and I think making sure that people are very clear on what success look like is, is critical to get the best performance out, right? Um, but at the same time, I, I love the way you're thinking about it because I think it, it might know, be I different than dev, but yeah. Well, you know, I mean, my team is not just, we were a lot of development, but so I actually have a different, slightly different approach on it. Two, two things. Yeah. First off, what I'm looking for is great people. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for amazing people that can, that are smart and driven and detail oriented and, or, or, you know, sometimes not depends on what they're doing, but I'm looking for great people. And sometimes I find great people and I, I know that I have needs in the business and we will not hire them with particular roles in mind. We know that we have X, Y, and Z roles that need to get filled. But what I want to do is I want them to pick for themselves what they want to do. I want them to, to, to try out three or four different things and tell me like, oh, I really like this. I really don't like that. And I found a lot of success in that. I, I've, I've had people that... Uh, that we've hired initially thinking they were going to be a project manager and they moved over to a sales position uh, or initially thinking they were going to be a developer and they moved over to a project management position or thinking that they were going to be uh, a lead gen person and me moving over to a community management position. 
And, uh, and I've actually found, I, I wouldn't say it's successful every time, but this approach with hiring these contractors first and kind of trying them out, if they're great people, they're generally going to be successful in, in, I wouldn't say any role, like you're not going to put a developer in accounting position. Actually, that's not true. We have a no, developer that, who's in accounting position right now. That, that's not too um, bad. That, yeah. That's not too bad. <laughs> but but I, I, another, I'm, you, you're not going to put maybe a, a salesman in an engineering position and, and expect them to be an amazing engineer. You know, if you need a professional degree on something, you're not going to do that. But um, giving people the, the leeway to pick what they're good at and tell you that you really enjoy that thing um, has, has grown some really effective people in those different areas. And, and at the same time, I feel like we've also struggled some from this because we give people too much freedom and they, they get lost. And I think that as long as you're watching it and you're careful and you have a plan around it, then you, 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 can, you can be effective in this. No, that's, uh, yeah, I just had something to add. So I, I, I totally like that, right? Because I, I, I have two key things that I look for, right? Like I, exactly the way you say it, great people. I, I have probably three, maybe four times in my career been doing an interview and made an offer before the person left the room. Yep. And I, I've done that because sometimes you, you just, I mean, particularly when you've been doing a lot of interviews and interviewed a lot of people, right? Sometimes you just find someone and you're like, I'm not going to let that person walk out the door. Um, but I would say actually my, uh, I mean, when I look at my top three hires of all times, I mean, one of the, one of them was a HR manager that I hired into a marketing role and she had no experience with marketing whatsoever. Uh, and she was probably one of my favorite hires. Uh, I had another uh, hire that was basically coming from a role of, um, yeah, pretty much like purchasing and so on and moving her into HR. And again, like an, an absolutely amazing fit, right? And I, I think a lot of the time, exactly as you say, if you have great people and you give them challenges that matches their personality, again, I'm, you know, me and DISC, but, but if you give them challenges that actually match their personality and things they're naturally gonna be comfortable with, you will generally get good results. Um, yeah, but I, for sure. I've, I've found so much success. What I like the most, and, and this is, I, I'm always <laughs> afraid that people think I discriminate oppositely here, but basically I love hiring people who have no education because they think they generally tend to be so much more appreciative of the opportunity. And it's not a question of salary and all that kind of things. But, you know, sometimes when people come with a 10 year education, they're kind of like, oh, I should be paid at least 100K a a year and you know like they're they're coming with a certain set of expectations whereas a lot of people and i this is not just like my team in philippines but this is worldwide i've experienced this that when when you're hiring people who don't have an education and don't have that same level of expectation one they they tend to appreciate the work a lot more and when people appreciate the opportunities they tend to also work harder for them right yep. so that's so, uh it's interesting you would talk about that. The, these days, we have more people who are educated in their roles. But, you know, like, like we have, we have a, a, one of my company does wage and benefit surveys. And we have a PhD that works on that team because she's educated and, and you know, she, it kind of requires that for that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. 
but uh, and then we have computer we have uh, developers that have degrees in computer science but I think everybody else I mean our, our marketing manager was degree in psychology which I guess very similar but you know she worked with um, adults with autism for many years before coming into marketing I don't know what that says about marketing but yeah. it says a little bit um, and uh, you know I actually have no degree at all so one of you know something else within my business I don't expect anybody to do something I'm not willing to do or I haven't done myself um, well maybe a little bit I haven't done myself but you know that I'm not willing to do and and so I, I actually don't really care that much about the education either uh, in fact um, when we, when we get new people in, I almost never look at their resumes. You know, if we have, if we have a, like a new hiring thing, like I, the only thing I'm going to look at on the resume, this is going to sound really funny. We get resumes for designers and I don't look at what's written. I look at how well the resume is put together design wise. So I just glance at it, glance at it, glance at it, glance at it. it does, if it doesn't look good, we're moving right on. That's that for designers. Who else we get resumes for? That's it. That's the only position I can think of that we get resumes for. People off, off like salesmen offer to send us resumes. And I'm like, no, how about you just try to sell me something, um, you know, or tell me about your sales process. But it's, it's what we do is we ask for interviews uh, for, for video. We, we give a questionnaire and some notes and some questions, that kind of thing. And then we ask them to do a video interview where they're recording themselves. Uh, and then we watch those. And from that, and if, you know, if it's a designer, I glance at their design. If, and it, in that, that's what we choose from. Uh, I don't really care what the education is. If you're doing a good job at what you're doing and, and you're knowledgeable, what, is, what difference does it make? That's my feeling on that. Two other things. So you were talking about um, those hires you make. I, I think of myself kind of as like a people collector. And that, you know, it, it, meeting great people and knowing great people and then looking like, like all the time, I meet so many people like all over the world in all of these amazing places I get to go to at all these events I go to. And so often I'll look at somebody and be like, oh, you're so freaking smart and you're so good at this. We need to work together really badly. And maybe not today, maybe, maybe not this moment, but one of these days, one of these days we're going to work on some projects together and I have a little, a little file, like keep all these people in, like, you know, what I think they'd be good at, where I'd like to put them, how I think they would, they would work within this, this machine, like all of these different things. Like, and, and like, usually it's like cool people that are interesting and smart and driven and, and slowly over time, I kind of like, I, I reach back into this bag and I'm just like, Oh, that person would be so good. Let's see what they're doing now. Let's see where they're at. Let's see if they want to come in like travel the world with me. Let's see if they want to work fully remote for a little while. Oh, looks like they do. Fantastic. Or maybe it's they're in a position where, you know, they're, they're, they're not in a good spot for that at the time, but we'll call them back in a couple of years and see how it goes. And we have a lot of people like that. Actually, one of the, the people we just, um, we just hired recently, I was working out in a CrossFit gym in Santa Marta, Colombia. And I met this awesome guy named Christian and his wife, Catalina. And Christian's an orthopedic surgeon. And, and we just got to talk and we just hit it off. We went to dinner, we, we talked for a long time. And I was like, this couple is so freaking amazing. And Catalina was kind of okay where she was working, 
But then years later, she called me and she was like, yeah, I'm not really happy at this thing. I want to do something different. I want to be remote. And I was like, that's perfect because you are on my list. And yep. so now we work together. Now we're, we're, you know, now like she's learning how to manage projects. She was an event coordinator before. Perfect lineup for a project manager. Um, and, and she's taken on a lot of different things. The other thing that I was going to point out from before is that a lot of people talk to me and they're like, oh, you're, you're a dev project manager, developer, you're, you're on the development side. I actually came from the design side. I'm a shitty, shitty developer. I can do it. I'm just really bad at it. Uh, you, wouldn't wa- you would never hire me to develop anything. Like I would screw your shit up so bad. Uh, my, my companies are in scope of work development, consulting, surveying, uh, healthcare, healthcare, ADA compliance and mapping. So all of these things have a technical component, but we have to know all of those different industries, which is not, I mean, we, like I said, we build software systems, but personally, other than being like, I am very knowledgeable on software development uh, and process management and all of that. But it's a lot about being in that industry, not being a quote unquote tech guy. I, I see myself more as a businessman than a tech person but a businessman with a specialization in dev project management. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you with the people thing. Right. So, so I, I usually call the bench. So basically you always have people on the bench ready. And I've, I mean, when people ask me now, like, I, <laughs> it's so funny, like very often I do like consultancy session with a client, you know, we sit up going through the problems and they're like, yeah, I need to hire this person. And I'm like, great. I know someone, let's call them right now. And they're like, yep. well, you, you know, someone like right now. And I'm like, I, I know plenty of people right now. And, and, and the same way, like I, I always say, like, you know, if I need to start a hundred man company tomorrow, like I could fill it with people that I've connected with that I've met and exactly like the way you say it, like, you know, some people I've worked with in previous businesses, some people just, you know, you've met in random occasions and so on, but you, you always keep track of great people. Right. And, yep. and it's always why I say, like, if you need a job, the number one thing to do is networking because the, I mean, there's no better way to actually get a job. Right. Yep. Um, so, I, yeah. I have one other quick note. I, I feel like I'm a little scattered today, but something else about that leadership philosophy that I forgot to mention. Um, when we have that first kind of onboarding conversation with people that I manage directly, Something that I, I think is really important for CEOs and really important for, for new entrepreneurs especially is to remember that you can't hold on to people, that, that every, everything has a season and everything has a time. And those goals, those personal and business goals are only aligned for a certain amount of time, forever, for everyone, for all the time. There are people where it is aligned for a very long time but I like to think, I like to try to build my businesses to be great businesses to be from. That, you know, play, people, you know, it's, it's great if this is a place where people got their start, where they learned a whole lot, and they moved on. We, you, you and I talked about this the other day where I have a problem with Amazon and Google headhunting my people all the time. I feel like I'm on a target list. Uh, but it's fine because, you know, if, if Google comes in and offers somebody $300,000 to work for them, I tell them to go. And I think it's really important to, to tell people that that's okay. That at a certain point when your goals no longer align, 
to come and talk to me and we can either try to figure out how to make them align. And if it's not, that's cool. I, if you, if we work together and we've had a great time doing this thing, I will help you find that next job. I'm so excited for that. Not because I'm excited to lose you, but because I understand that if you're not happy here or I'm not meeting your goals, it's no longer the right place to be for you. And so I, I think it's really important because people try to hold on to people and it doesn't make things better. It just makes things bad. They always think it's only about finance, right? They're like, oh, I'll give you more money, I'll, I'll, uh, all this yeah. stuff. And, and sometimes you end up keeping them for a short period of time, but it, it ends up being horrible, right? Exactly. It's exactly. not the right way to hold on to people. So yep. yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, and I, I think the, the way I look at it, right? Like if you're running a, I mean, I'm from Europe, so we, we do a lot of soccer and stuff. But if you're running a soccer club, right? Like unless you're at the top of the top, you're basically forced to sell your best players. Now yeah. your game is not to hold on to your best players the whole life. Your game is make develop people to become so good that other people will buy them for astronomically much money. Now, as a business owner, you don't physically sell your people. But the thing is the way your people get to the level of being worth significant amount of money for other people is by them achieving amazing things with you. Right. Yeah. So you giving them the opportunity to learn amazing skills, foster amazing skills is, is the essence. Right. And, and just like you say, like I've had plenty of people come to me and say like, Oh, you know, I, they kind of come crawling in and like, boss, you know, I got a job offer and you know, I'm not, it's a really good one. And I'm like, great. Like let's work on it. Right. And you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, but in yeah. the end of the day, I, I, I always, always try never to display that because again, it's a selfish feeling and yeah. it's a self emotion more than anything else. Right. And, and I, I'm always, <laughs> I always spend a lot of energy working on my controlling emotions and, um, that kind of thing. Right. But, but I think when you, when you can learn to do that, when you can learn to really be truly happy for other people, uh, I, I think again, you, you make so much better employer and you make people want to stay with you much longer. It, we've definitely had situations where people have gotten job offers for a lot of money, not a lot, lot, but a lot, uh, a lot more than we were paying them. And, you know, my, my response was like, dude, if they're going to pay you that much money, you should go take it. Like, you know, like I know where you are in your life, your personal life. And like, you have kids, you have family, they're offering you great insurance, they're giving you all the benefits you want. And then six months later, they're, they come back and they're like, I tried the thing. It's a terrible company. It's a terrible structure. I didn't like the people. I didn't like this. You know, like it just wasn't a good fit. I would really like my job back. And almost all the time, the answer is like, yeah, of course course like that's that's fantastic you're welcome welcome home uh and then the other thing about people leaving is if you've done a great job and you've been good with those people and and you've 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 been a good a good uh, you know technically a good employer a good teammate you've you've been honest you've been fair you've you've been reasonable you know you've you've been a good person to work with and you've been a good team to work with and a good company to work with very often when those people leave, those are your best ambassadors. The largest sales I've ever received came directly from those people. Uh, and because the, for, for the most part, the, the team members that I've had leave, like I said, like go on to Amazon and Google and 
NCR and, and AT&T and it's like some huge businesses in many of those situations, like really many multi-million dollar sales have come out, out of those because they got there and they're like, oh, Jason and his team could solve this. You know, I know, you know, someone's a project manager back at JH Media Group. They know the answer to this stuff. We'll just call them. And when you work in those big businesses, money is much less of an issue in many cases if the problem is actually being solved and solved well. I think it's really important additionally to remember that, that that, that becomes a sales channel for you and a, a tremendously valuable one because there's no sale. They just hand you the deal. Totally. And, and I would say, so one of the things disappoint me the most, and this can be both employer and employee. When you leave a business as an employee, do not freaking burn your bridges. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It happens. And every time I see it happening, it is so sad. At the same time, I also see business owners do things that should never happen to people because they're leaving and because they're frustrated slash angry slash whatever. Right. And it gives you a horrible reputation. And as a business owner, like it's not about being liked, but again, like, you know, you're trying to hire the perfect employee. They accidentally know someone that used to work for you and they're like, Oh yeah, that guy's a horrible guy. I don't go work for him. And you know, suddenly you're missing out employees or that could be a deal like you were talking about, et cetera. Right. Again, any kind of relationship and probably private as well, but, but any kind of business relationships you have always make sure you finish them well, right? Don't let them hang. Don't just, don't screw them up just because you're angry or disappointed or whatever. In the end of the day, people owe you nothing, right? Yeah. They're working for you. They're putting their blood, sweat and tears into your business. They're not doing it for you in general. They're doing it exactly as you say for themselves, as long as those the goals between you and them align, right? Yep. You can't expect them to stick around forever, no matter what you do. So, yeah, yep. that's uh, another way that I, I look at it. Uh, sometimes, so I mean, I, I don't. I think that this is an oversimplification of the of the arrangement. Uh, is that you're renting their time? You're paying them for their time. Paying them for the brain, you're paying, you know, for me very much paying them for their brain power, you know, at a certain point, like, you know, if you, you're paying them a certain amount for that, that's the value of their brain. Yep. Totally. Totally. Jason, that have been an amazing tech chat with you. Oh, um, thank you. We've done already. That was quick. I know time flies when we're having fun. I think Yeah. if people are desperate to get in touch with you, what is the best way? Uh, you can either get me through my LinkedIn. Uh, I think it's Jason M. Long one, J A S O N M L O N G one. So it's the LinkedIn and that's the end one, then the whole thing. Yeah. But I get a lot of, a lot of people contacting me through that. So uh, you can do that. You can also just reach me at jhmediagroup.com and then scroll to the bottom and click send us a message and it'll take you to a contact form and you can just reach out to me through that. Um, either of those work great. You can also call the company okay. line. Phone numbers on the website. I will. Uh, I'll make sure we have all that stuff in the show notes in case people desperately need some awesome development power and smart people. Excellent. 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 Thank you very much, Jason. That was a pleasure talking to you. It was great talking to you as well. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully, I feel like it's been twice in 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 a week, which is like more than in the last year. So. 
I'm looking forward to, to having another conversation with you soon, Mads. Excellent. All right, man. Thank you, Jason. And yep, I'll talk for everyone else, see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.